This is exactly right. Forgive me for interrupting. I'm Bridger Weiniger, host of I Said No Gifts on Exactly Right. Each week, I invite my favorite people in comedy over to chat, and they always bring a gift. We're coming up on our 200th episode, and every episode is a gem. I have welcomed all kinds of great guests, including Cola Scola, Bowen Yang, Robbie Hoffman. It goes on and on and on. And you don't want to miss the 200th episode with the great Maria Bamford. What does she bring me? Find out April 25th. New episodes every Thursday. Follow I Said No Gifts wherever you get your podcasts. Scotty. Kurt, I'm so happy I got a slide. You got a slide? Yeah. Courtney Proso called me and said, do you want a 13-foot slide? And they delivered it, and now it's off the back of my deck. So now I have a 13-foot slide off my deck. Are you kidding me? You've always wanted a slide off your deck. Christmas came <laughs> early this year. It's fantastic news. So anyways. Is it curved or is it straight? Oh, it's, a, it's got a couple little fun bumps, but it, it, this thing is built for speed. I'm going to put some sand at the bottom, but I officially I- have a slide off my deck. I'm come. I'm legit. I'm literally going to be at your house. Yeah. Right after we finish recording, yeah. I want to go on that slide. Bring your kids. Um, okay. Anyways, we have to do bananas. That's right. That was right. Right. That was. Um, well, I mean, I think we should just keep this at the top. Keep at it this in. Point. Yeah. Are you ready for the headline, though? Well, I'm ready to laugh and laugh and laugh. Yeah, you should, because here we go. <laughs> Man arrested after police chase claims he was teaching dog to drive. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I missed this one, but I, I can't know. wait to hear more on uh, Bananas. Guys, gals, non-binary pals, welcome to Bananas. I am your thoughtful co-host, Kurt Brownoller. And I am just Banana Boy number two, Scotty Landis. Thank you for listening to the silliest little podcast there ever was. Um, We have one quick announcement that we're going to bring on our great guest. I think this is coming out Tuesday, which means Thursday at the Bell House in Brooklyn, which is November 18th. Am I right? That's correct. Thursday, November 18th in Brooklyn, New York. Come on out. See Bananas Live. Um, It's going to be the best time of your whole life. It's going to get you ready to talk at Thanksgiving to your family members. Yeah. So get ready. It's going to be really Thanksgiving themed. It's not at all. It's not not at all Thanksgiving themed. Okay, let's bring on our guest. Our guest today is a singer and songwriter who has performed in the original companies of Broadway's uh, The Addams Family and Motown the Musical, just to name a couple, Kurt. She has over 250 million views on YouTube of her singing the roof off of every room she goes into. And she has an incredible new Christmas album that we will talk about, you know, in like 15 seconds. But more than anything, she's a close friend of mine. Please welcome to Bananas, Morgan James. Hello. Thank you for having me. I feel so honored to be here. Oh, yeah. Oh, we feel the, the, the list of, of luminaries that have graced these, these, <laughs> this pod. We've had a few. These feels. Well, you know, sometimes it's good to have a lot of podcasts are just comedians, all comedians all the time talking. We like to explore all the arts, all the sciences. You're a perfect peop- fit for Bananas. 
we're people of the arts and sciences, and that's what we really always want to come back to. And you like the ladies. You're, you're big with the ladies, and I support that. That's right. Thank the you. ladies love you. The ladies love bananas. Oh, thank God. <laughs> In more ways than one, right? That, that's right. Right. Yeah. We, uh, we do stick to the uh, non-binary, trans, and female guests overwhelmingly, and so far, so good. We don't see any reason to change right. it. Yeah. <laughs> How you doing, Morgan? I'm all right. I'm all right. I'm I'm getting ready to get back to work. I'm a little, little nervous, but but it's time. It's time to get back out on the road. Oh, you're you're roading. Okay. Where to? Where's first stop? Uh well, you know, I've kind of been going here and there, but the tour proper starts in Washington, DC. We're kind of hitting the entire East Coast, Love Midwest, it. South. Yeah. Twenty two we're doing twenty two cities straight. Um <laughs> Wow. Just wow. jumping right in. Are you on a big bus or are you are you vanning it? We're on a little bus. Little we're bus. On a, we're on a little bus. It, <laughs> can you a, sleep on the little bus? Yes, it's got nine bunks. Oh, oh that's a yeah. pretty big bus. That's a pretty big bus. <laughs> well, you know, in Europe, the this is the bougiest thing I've ever said, or I'm, I'm sure I'll say bougier things later today. <laughs> but um, the you know the the buses in Europe are so amazing because they just know oh, how really? to tour over there. They're huge. They're double deckers. They're they're really they've got a whole system for touring in Europe. In in the U.S., it's it's much bigger distances, and the buses are just expensive and. But anyway, we're on a little bus and it's going to be fun. Do you like sleeping on a bus? I've it's my dream. I've I've it's my dream to take bananas on a, like a big tour where we have a bus and yeah. we can sleep in the bus. Um, look into this thing called I'm I'm taking this thing out called the bandwagon, and um, they've basically retrofitted U-Haul trucks and it's awesome. And oh, um, they yeah, so it's like for a smaller band. Like I'm taking out I'm taking out eight people and I sleep. I'm a pocket person. I'm little, so I yeah. fit. I fit with two dogs, extra pillows. I have mm-hmm. stuff at the end. Like I have a whole cottage inside my bunk. Some of the other band members are like, this is horrible, but I love it. <laughs> I, it's like a coffin. I, I guess I can sleep well in a coffin. I don't know what that says about me, but. No, that sounds cool. That's exciting. That means you're great at Halloween too. But yes. let's talk about your album, A Very Magnetic Christmas. Tell us why it's called A Very Magnetic Christmas. Is it polarizing? Is it for everyone? <laughs> what do we got? It's for everyone. There's a little, there's sexiness, there's Jesus, there's Santa. There's really something for everyone. Um, yeah, it really is. Um, so it's called A Very Magnetic Christmas because we recorded it at Memphis Magnetic Studios, where I recorded my last album. Cool. When, when we recorded my last album at Memphis Magnetic, um, the then COVID hit. So we couldn't tour our, mag, our Memphis Magnetic tour. So when, when kind of we were able to be together Again, I said, you know, I really want to do a Christmas album. I'll, I really want to continue this this music and, and this music making with these people in Memphis. Beautiful. So we went back. Beautiful. That's great. I am so, I have two little kids. And so Dece- all of December, like starting December 1st, it's just Christmas yes. has begun yep. and it goes until January 7th. Yep. Yes. Uh, and so I'm very excited to put your album on. Oh, thank you. Sweet, sweet Christmas music. It's a very soulful album. We recorded it to tape. It's got, it's very kind of soul and R&B kind of bass. And there's awesome. one very dirty, dirty funk track. And other than that, it's, it's all for the family, but they probably, it'll go above their head. Great. Yeah. So, yes. That's fantastic. I have a, maybe a controversial question since you're a singer. How do you feel about carolers? Um, I find them horrifying. <laughs> I'm terrified of opening the door and having strangers <laughs> sing at me. 
Oh, it's and also since I'm a New Yorker, it would be even more horrifying. If I opened my hallway door and they're carolers, <laughs> that's even worse. I was like, how did you get here? Who let you up? No, I yeah, I don't I don't know about it. You know, it just seems very Disneyland at one of the squares. And it's just and adults True. at Disney. I hope not, neither of you are adults at Disney, right? Nope. Okay, great. I'll go Unless, with Kurt's family. Yeah. <laughs> well that's we, fine. If you have kids, it's fine. Yeah. <laughs> we did a we did a sketch like a, a sketch for this late night show that Scotty and I used to do uh-huh. where we had carolers. Oh, but yeah. it was this oh, yeah. it was this um it was this ba- it was a sketch group called Murder Fist. <laughs> Murder Fist was very, very funny, but like very raunchy and like very intense and insane. Yeah. Um uh, people might know Henry Zabrowski and the Murderfist Boys uh, from last podcast on the left. Right, that they do now, but they what was the what what was the exact bit, Scotty? It was um, it was for it was, Christmas. It was right. There it was, was a carolers. December show, and you we were interrupting. We always would try to figure out interruptions for Kurt's monologue. Kurt came out and did a late night monologue, and then it was like a Christmas, and so we just had all the we had all of Murderfist, like ten of them, come out in holiday sweaters and corduroys. <laughs> and we were like, guys, what we want you to do is to sing um, Santa Claus is Coming to Town. But when you get to uh, He Sees You When You're Sleeping, just keep repeating it endlessly. And then we're going to change the lighting cue to be red and green, dark and scary. And then they all killed themselves with blood squibs. And the audience loved it. And also Murder Fist was like, we totally understand the assignment. We are yeah. ready. <laughs> Say no more. <laughs> they, we, they loved it. He sees you when you're sleeping. He sees you when you're sleeping. It's Just, so funny. It's such a creepy lyric. Yeah. Oh, God. It's so good. So, yeah. well, yeah. We love Murder Fist. Do you want to hear about this dog driving this car? <laughs> yes, yeah, I do. do. Yes, this, do. Was, this was, of course, sent in by Copy Haste. Uh, thank you, Copy Haste. Uh, this is from ABC 13, Ooh. published uh, April 1st, 2020, actually. Man arrested after police chase. Claims he was teaching dog to drive. Now, this isn't just a claim, uh, guys. Here, listen to this. Uh-huh. A man in Washington state who was arrested after leading a police chase says his dog was the one behind the wheel. Officials say the man hit two cars and failed to stop. At some point during the chase, he reached 109 miles per hour and even made it and even made it on a pedestrian trail. When troopers tried to corner him, they saw the man's pit bull in the driver's seat. Oh my God. <laughs> Authorities placed spike strips and eventually stopped the car. The suspect then told troopers he was trying to teach his dog to drive. And the man was charged with reckless endangerment, hit and run, driving under the influence, and felony eluding. His bond was set at 8500 So he actually, the dog was actually, that's got to be the funniest thing. <laughs> yes. To just see a pit bull, but yes. like in the driver's seat, that is so, I hope that that, I, in the future, when like, like, driving cars happen i hope multiple people put dogs in the driver's seat Absolutely. Hope that becomes a trend in the future but don't yeah. do it uh when you're i guess probably on meth wow I'm guessing. how fast a hundred and what 109 oh my god with just a dog in the so his foot must be on the gas yeah and then the foot dog can't even just... reach the gas <laughs> i mean let's, got, let's do some simple blocks. math yeah <laughs> Not a pit. 
Maybe. We tied it. Not a pit. Tied some blocks. Tied some blocks to it. That dog can drive a car. <laughs> Animal abuse. Um, that is so strange. Also, I like. I like whenever you just look over and see a dog having the time of their life in a car, and it's like mm-hmm. proof that dogs are the greatest. Just because I love like, it. Humans love cars, and dogs somehow love cars more than humans. It's like the greatest symbiotic relationship. They just <laughs> eat it up. They love it. My uh, my (laughs) wife's very first memory (laughs) is being in a car in the back seat. She was in a car seat, I think. Mm -hmm. Um, Maybe not. Uh, And uh, there was a dog in the car with her, and it wasn't her mom's dog. It was her her mom's friend's dog, apparently. And her first memory is watching the dog take a shit in the back seat of the car because <laughs> it was like right there and yeah it's like well wow. she remembers it specifically like sunlight streaming in butthole opening poop oh. coming out falling onto the onto the seat and then <laughs> according to her mom she just went dog <laughs> and that's how they were alerted that the dog had just shit in the back what seat else is there to say <laughs> Oh my God. It's a beautiful it's a beautiful first memory. I always wonder like what because you have no control over what your kid's first memory is gonna be. No. And I'm always wondering like Morgan, what, what's it gonna be? What is yours? Do you have any what's your earliest, your earliest thing, like that glimpse that comes into your brain? Do you remember anything very early on? I mean, it's gotta be animal related for me as well because we had like so many animals my first word was kitty my next word was dog or puppy or something yeah my first word was kitty and so we always had animals around i was obsessed with animals so it's got to be animal related it's going to be something we had turtles and fish and birds and we had everything you know so i i don't know I've, i've never thought about that like about the first thing I can remember because then then I you know we form so many thoughts and opinions around what we've been told so yeah. it's like hard to know what we really do remember right yeah. that's true yeah. that's true mine is about a dog too my I can remember walking my my parents had put me to sleep I was probably two or three I was probably three and um, they were playing gin rummy with my then dating aunt and uncle. And they were playing and they were having some drinks, being cool 80s parents. And they had a dog named Easy. And the dog Easy was under and I sat under the table with Easy. And it was just my parents' legs, my uncle's legs, my you know, and my aunt's legs and me just petting a dog. And then I fell asleep under the table. That is my that is earliest so comforting. <laughs> yeah. that is oh, so wow. Comforting. That is so. Legs. Oh, I um, miss those days when there was nothing else to do except games and shit. Yeah. I miss that. I used to do I'm this. living it. I'm yeah. living it, people. <laughs> yeah, you're going to be in Christmas mode. I oh, mean, yeah, it's going to be. You are. I can't believe it's you're already not intense. there. Wait, how old are your kids? I'm holding back. Two and four. Oh, Classic yeah. Christmas time. Sweet. Classic Christmas this'll be, time. This will be Gus's like first Christmas where he like understands that things happen, you know? So I'm excited. But I do think this is my fear on Olive's first memory. <laughs> this happened when she was like two and a half, maybe three years old. Uh, there was a flower on a tree. We were like strolling by. She like pointed at the flower. I was like, you want to smell the flower? I picked the flower and brought it down to her, but it happened to have a, like a beetle inside of it. And then I, she went to smell it and the beetle jumped and like hit her in the cheek. There you go. And then she was convinced 
that a bee stung her eyeball. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fun. Oh, and wow. So then yeah. She was so upset about it. And I was, I was like, and I literally turned to Lauren and be like, look at, watch this be her first memory. And weeks later, she would be like, do you remember when the bee was in the flower you gave me and it stung my eye? And we're just like, just like, oh, no. It's like, it wasn't a bee at all. It was a beetle and it just tapped you. Traumatized for life. Yeah, she still talks about it. She's like, I don't like bees. They hide in flowers and sting your eyes. Oh <laughs> I'm like, oh, gosh. man. Well, she's not totally, totally wrong. <laughs> Ooh, let's see. Give me another one. Let's see which one we should do here. This is kind of a fun one. Well, we were praising dogs so much. We can praise cats while we're at it. Sent in by SST112. Surprised that wasn't taken already. Um, <laughs> and this is from Connecticut. This is, oh, NBCConnecticut.com. I thought it was just from Connecticut.com. Um, written by Brandon Gomez. He is the best writer in com- Connecticut, best in the biz. Kevin O'Leary. You guys know what Shark Tank is, right? Kevin O'Leary, <laughs> Mr. Wonderful. Kevin O'Leary just agreed to a $300,000 Shark Tank deal for a dating app for the Cat Forward Lifestyle. <laughs> What? What? Oh, wow. Oh, Oh, yes. I didn't know there was a cat forward lifestyle. I thought cat forward lifestyle was like code for single. Oh, well. You know, like, or. (laughs) Yeah, maybe it is actually. Like, oh, well, here I am with my nine cats. I'm, you know, like ellipses means. Yeah. Read between the lines. Well, you're not wrong, actually, Morgan. Is the app called Toxoplasmosis? <laughs> oh, my God. Because <laughs> that would be, make me happy. The, yeah. Uh, Lee Isaacson built her startup to address a stigma. I think exactly what we were just discussing right now. Handsome men, she says, have been, quote, ripped to shreds, end quote, on dating apps, all because they love cats. Isaacson is. (laughs) That did deserve an oh, come on. (laughs) Isaacson is the co founder and CEO of Kurt. Take a guess what a cat for dating site's called. I already made my guess Toxoplasmosis. Pussy for puss? Puss for puss? Puss for pusses. You'd get some early adopters. It's called Tabby with a Y, a dating app for cat lovers that launched in August 2020. It's Isaac. Isaacson's second such venture. Three years ago, she also launched Dig, a dating app for dog lovers that has grown past 100,000 users, she said, on Shark Tank. So data backs her premise. Last year, Colorado State University and Boise State University asked a very normal number of people, you two, uh, 1,388 heterosexual women (laughs) um, between the ages of 18 to 24 to rate a group of men's photographs. Some were holding cats. Some were holding dogs. The study found... Oh, the study found that men pictured holding their cats were viewed as not dateable or less dateable. Whoa. Whoa. Huge. I don't get this cat. How were they holding the cat? How were they holding the cat? They were holding it. (laughs) Back legs. Back legs up. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. They were skinning it. (laughs) Mm. I don't get this cat shame, said Shark uh, Lori Grenier. Or Greener. Griner? Griner. Uh, Self-professed cat person. (laughs) 
She did not invest in Tabby, but one of her co- cohorts, Kevin O'Leary, who agreed to a deal worth 300000 in exchange wow. for 30% stake in the company, um, who says, I have become a cat lover because it has a lot of cash flow. Always talking business. Wait, wait, wait. Uh, I've become wait, a cat what? lover because what? It has a, it, because it has a lot of cash flow. Whoa. So. Um, I don't understand that. But so, does his cat pay him to have it hang out? What yes, he. It's, <laughs> it's pretty crazy. So basically, the stigma. Uh, when Isaacson was selling this to him, she said, "My um, that with Dig and then with Tabby, we have learned that there are places like dog parks for uh, there aren't places like dog parks for cat people to go out and meet each other. So there is a stigma that cat people are indoor people." Um, and then I'll just wrap it up with this. She said that stigma includes comments on other dating apps like, quote, my friend said you have four cats. That equals four red flags. And ugh, I hope you don't sleep with that thing. I mean, come on. Everybody be what? a little nicer here. That's insane. Okay, I have so many questions. I, I do too. <laughs> first of all, like, come on. These are judgmental people. Like, and also I can think of, but my main concern is that name of that app is terrible. Tabby. And I can think of so many better names sure absolutely well, tabby is that a pawn that i'm missing or something it's a type of cat it's an well of course cat. right but no um <laughs> then the, and that's it and that's <laughs> it it's a type and of the cat. connection to dating is is thing <laughs> <laughs> right right that's a good name <laughs> right but you're right if it was like your bar tab the one that was like dig also that should have been called like fetch yeah. like you know like oh, double entendres great. aren't they all supposed to be Ooh. Nobody asked me, you know what I mean? Oh. And I I don't expect a call for Tabby as well. Uh, how about this? What if it's Tappy? Ooh, Tappy. Oh, everybody I get tap, that. get tapped. Or like purr, something with purr, you know, or something with like Ooh, purr is a good. I like purr. Or catnap. Catnip. Cat, cat, purr, perfect. Perfect nipped. match. That's yeah. A, I think Nipped. I think maybe Tabby's the best name now that we're saying it. <laughs> now that we're going down, I think Isaacson's a genius. Oh, God. Oh, God. Uh, it's pretty wild, though. Yeah, because it was like the idea is it's a dating app, but that you have to answer cat related, cat ownership related questions like how much do you spend on your cat in a month, which to me feels very revealing. That feels even more like if somebody's like, I spent $2,000 a month on cat stuff, you're like, yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, when I. I dated a girl years ago um, who lived in Mississippi, and I was talking to her grandmother, who was, I believe, 90 when I met her, born and raised, grew up her whole life in southern Mississippi, and she said when they were kids that they, um, her mom had these three bloodhounds, and they would sit outside the back door of the kitchen. The kitchen was separate from the house for temperature reasons in the south. And that whenever they had scraps, they would just open up the back door and toss scraps to these dog, uh, these dogs, and the dogs would just eat them right out of midair. It was like the dogs loved it. Anytime the door opened, they knew what to do. And then she told me that later on, as a little kid, maybe it was her first memory, actually, now that I'm saying this, she, um, <clears throat> their cat had a litter of kittens, and oh, the wow. kittens were scratching at the mom's ankle, and she got so mad she picked up and threw outside, and the bloodhound swallowed a kitten whole. And then the kitten fought its way back out, and she said the look on the dog's face when it realized it made a mistake was like, what have I done? And then just barfed the kitten, totally live and unhurt, just swallowed it in one, like, went to, and that it was this little mucus saliva-covered kitten just, like, walking towards the kitchen, like, what just happened? 
But yeah, she said her mother said as soon as she opened the door and let the cat go, it was like, no. <laughs> oh my God. Because I was going to say that mom is a savage. <laughs> yeah, no. But she didn't lived. mean to. All animals were fine. Okay, good. Oh, early. God. But I, I, as soon as she told me that, I was like, well, that stuck in my mind for the rest of forever, my life. Forever. Forever. Wow. Oh, I love that. Yes. No animals were hurt during this story. Everybody had an interesting experience and came out of it a more interesting animal. <laughs> oh, my. Oh, man. Oh, wow. Also, that grandmother made me kiss her on the lips every time I went over, and she ate red man chewing tobacco. So it was... Uh, <laughs> It, you would have to just go directly over, and she was like, I don't see what the big deal about affection is. And then you'd have to walk in, and she'd have a pouch of Red Man in her hand and oh chewing tobacco, and you'd have to lean over her recliner and kiss her squarely on the lips. Ew. She's in a recliner, just she's chawing Just in inside. the corner, just daring you not to just do it. Spit, <laughs> spitting into a Pepsi can. Yep. Nice lady. Wow. This is a traumatic dating experience. Oh, yeah. They usually are. This is crazy because that story completely connects up with a story that we have a deep connection to here on the podcast. And I will tease us with it and then we'll take a little break. Here it is. Man who turned his dead cat into a drone now plans to create a cow helicopter. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no. Oh, no. The letters are going to come. Morgan's yeah, a vegetarian. Are, we're, we are I going am. down the wrong and it's go, We're going down a dark path. <laughs> we're going to bring it to the light. Scotty, I have I have a shout out before we uh before we jump right back in. Okay, great. Uh, this was sent in, uh, is emailed in actually, uh, from a woman named Melissa Wisner. Okay, she says, banana boys. First, I love the podcast. I'm a new banana, but I'm almost caught up, so I feel weird asking oh, for my own yeah. B day shout out. But I don't have a special someone anymore. I know it'll be late but my 30th birthday is november 2nd and my daughter's first birthday is november 7th and this is going to be the hardest b-day to celebrate because i lost my husband on september 11th 2021 it would really make me smile to get a shout out for myself and for my daughter lana uh didn't think so many people would pronounce her name linnea also realized after picking her name that it's anal backwards oh. lol <laughs> Lana's a pretty name. We like that name. Me too. I'm trying to live life to the fullest as much as I can being a single parent. My husband didn't get a chance to listen to you guys, but he would have loved your podcast. Peep up the banana stories. Uh, and she says there's she's got a lot of stories about off-roading uh, if we want them. Well, we uh, might Melissa, want that. Well, I, I agree. Melissa, happy birthday. Happy belated birthday Absolutely. to you and to your daughter. Uh, Co-bananas of the week. Bananas of the... You guys are the bananas of the week. No doubt about it. Happy birthday. Happy I have birthday. A few, um, 
have a few as well, then we'll get right back to our wonderful guest. Uh, I have a happy birthday to Bobby from Brant Berry. She says, quote, no one I'd ever listened to the silliest little podcast there ever was with together while planning our uh, wedding together. I think they got married on Halloween, which is very fun. That's a great day to get married. Oh, yeah. Uh, love you, Bobs, says Brant Berry. Uh, Jill like that, Kurt. So we talked about this on our live show. Morgan, when we were doing our live shows, we asked the live audience um, who's come from the furthest distance away, who flew in. We've had some really far ones. And I had made 12 uh, 12 inch long rulers that say, You are the longest banana that we were going to give out at live shows. Somebody stole them while I was at a wedding in Mexico. So, (laughs) mail robbery in LA is, it's not uncommon. We'll say it like that, or package robbery. And so. Somebody out there ripped that thing open, probably thinking they were getting a sweet, I don't know, expensive watch, and instead got uh, 144 feet of You're the Longest Banana. So Jill, like that, sent us some You're the Longest Banana rulers free of charge, Kurt. So I'm going to be bringing them with us this oh. weekend in oh, Indianapolis, Fort Wayne, and to the Bell House in Brooklyn on the 18th, and to Chicago, to the Den. So we got bananas Thank you, Jill, like that. Very cool of you to do. I asked her if she needed any Venmoing, and she said, oh, hell no. She's a true bananimal. And finally, this is a real quickie. The Human Atlas sent me, Kurt, we got to get this, Arby's and Tattersall Distillery in Minneapolis. Oh, yes, I saw this. Have teamed up to make crinkle-cut flavored and curly fry flavored vodkas. Tattersall is doing a limited run. We need a bottle of one of these two. So if you work we need, there, I need we need a bottle of both. We of need them, a I bottle think. of the crinkle cut vodka and the curly fry Arby's vodka. We will drink it <laughs> live on air. That uh, would make a great great martinis. Oh, so think of the garnishes. Good. Think of the garnishes. Ooh, that nice Arby's beef martini. I can't with like a special <laughs> sauce. Martini. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All with like I don't know maybe an onion, a little onion. Ooh, a little side teeny. I love that. Um, By the way, I want to come to your show at the Bell House. You better be there. Oh yeah, please do. All right. Do you? We'll set it up. Should we have you sing the theme song? Should we have you do a a live rendition (laughs) of our kick-ass theme song by Kehan Amadi? Sure. Cool. We'll talk about it off pod. Man, that would make me so happy. Anything else for you, Curtie B? Yeah, I got one thing. I've got um, two buddies of mine, Kelly Pereira and Steve Shaheen. Mm -hmm. Are uh, they are they are stone sculptors in the modern world? They sculpt marble. That is their deal. Very cool. And I just want to say if anyone out there is looking for something really really cool for a special someone uh for a holiday gift they just made and i just got it and so i'll post photos of it um they have made a a a necklace out of marble and it is this insane black marble uh, that is has like striped with white all through it cool it's actually just like a stone necklace wearable piece of art and so if wow. you really want something special, you can go to greenpointstone.com and uh, you can get one. They also have all these really cool things that are just like great for like little gifts and stuff like platters and stuff like that, all made out of like Steve, these really beautiful yeah. marble pieces. Steve Shaheen's the coolest dude, too. So support yeah. a cool dude making cool art. Yeah, support artists. And we are back with our wonderful guest, Morgan James. Hello. Oh, Morgan. How's bananas treating you so far? Oh, so far, I'm great. I've learned so much. I'm, I'm, I question so much. Yeah. 
Kurt, yeah. uh, Morgan is such a good singer. She made the impossible possible. She made me enjoy a Maroon 5 song. Whoa, which that's is, a good singer. I've always felt like Maroon 5's music sounds like what Twin Brothers Kissing looks like. And so... <laughs> I do agree. But her cover of Maps is so good <laughs> that... Um, what company does that, Morgan? Oh, Postmodern Jukebox. That's how a lot of people find me. Postmodern Jukebox. That cover is bad to the bone. Thank you. Made me like a Maroon 5 song. Is that how you first heard me, Scotty? Um, that might no. I think I had heard you earlier on. I think I saw you performing on like a morning show in New York once. Like, oh, for, maybe. Yeah, maybe it was with a Broadway production. But, yeah, maybe. Uh, so. Godspell, something like that. I remember early oh, on. What? Yeah. I was wearing pumpkin pants, like Shakespearean pumpkin pants, and a knee-high sock. So I, it was memorable. Fashion <laughs> cyclical. It'll be back. Right, 200 well, years, so it's going to be the number one pantaloon to wear. Pat, pigtails. I've had you at pigtails. All right. Kurt, yeah. Let's horrify our listeners with <laughs> the cow helicopter. God. This is so. This is a, one of our our second episode of Bananas Ever. We talked about this dead cat drone, where this guy... <laughs> He had a beloved cat. Yes. He loved his cat so much. Is an artist uh, by the name of oh Bar- Bart Jansen, uh. which is like he's Dutch, so it's like the Dutch Bart Simpson. Uh, he is. Mm-hmm. He loved his cat so much, and he's an artist. Cat died. He then uh, taxidermied the cat and then put propellers on it. And oh, uh, and gave a little engine to it. Yes, and it can fly. It can fly. It's a cat drum, and, and it is. <laughs> Genuine. I'm just. It is just video of it is genuinely oh the funniest God. thing I've ever seen in my entire life. But it was all done out of love, and he's an artist, so I I back him up. <laughs> so I'm looking at a picture of it. It's killing me. So here it goes. But anyway, we posted it. This was we had just started the podcast, yes, we right? Did. And we didn't. We were kind of still finding the voice, seeing what was appropriate to talk about, what wasn't sure. appropriate to we talk were new. about. We were brand new, and I posted the video online and people got so angry that the video had been posted uh that i had to take it down and it's like one of the few times we've ever had to like take something down yes uh so i'm i'm i'm, I'm pushing fate but i think people know that our hearts are in the right place now whereas before it was like who are these yeah, who are these ding dongs exactly here it is. Bart Jansen is it. So this was sent in by Sally. Thank you so much, Sally. Thank you, Sally. This was uh, published in Metro, uh, written by Nicole Morley. Ooh, Here it is. Bart good. Jansen is a Dutch artist who hit the headlines a few years back when he scooped out the entrails of his dead pet to make a fur-covered <laughs> throne. <God>. Apparently, that <laughs> did go right into it. Apparently, the morbid remote-controlled corpse was just mm-hmm. a taste of Jansen's creativity, and he's back with a bigger and even better invention, a cow helicopter. Yes, a helicopter made out of a cow. I'm in. Quote, a cow could fit a person, so a cow is one of the options. Oh, my God. That means we'd be using a cow indeed, Jansen told Business Insider, or any other animal we can lay our hands on that fits a person. So this is, I also like that, like. Business Insider? Like, also. (laughs) (laughs) This also does feel like he was just like, people stop talking about my dead cat drone. Why mm-hmm. not I just say the words cow helicopter and that's an article? <laughs> yeah, we 
it worked on us. Uh, it totally worked, right? There's wow. no proof he's made it or anything. He's still he's still taking suggestions on what else to have have it be. But yeah, he's one of the weirdest artists, but also one of the funniest. That's so fun. I like helicopters. They're really fun. I've written in helicopters a bunch of times. When I was in um Costa Rica years ago there was uh, I tried to do all the tours but I, I often travel by myself and so they wouldn't let me go on tours yeah you had to go like what so like if it was like a four-wheeler excursion they were like if it's just you you can't go if you can if you were a couple I would take you and so you're like okay I, I'll not go but this one guy why because it's not worth their time yeah, just having the, the price of one person okay yeah exactly um, and I understand that but this guy that was sitting at the bar named Bjorg. And he goes, yes. I have an aerocopter. And I go, what is that? What? He goes, it's like a lightweight. He said, I flew it over the Chilean Alps to get here. <laughs> so I said, what? I'll do it. Um, yeah, that's true. And so I met him the next day early. And it kind of looks like a plane. It's got like a propeller. But the cool thing about it, it's got, a, it's got a helicopter propeller on the top. But if the engine stalls, the way it's designed, the propeller keeps spinning so you can't crash. You just slowly lower down. And oh. So, yeah. So I was like, sounds cool. Um, so we take it. And he, I was the only person that day. He was like so pumped that anybody wanted to do it. And so he gave me this tour up and down Costa Rica of the saltwater crocodiles, hundreds of eagle rays jumping, like everything you could want to see. And then to prove his point that these things can't just crash, uh, oh, he goes, see no. that house over there? I said, yes. He goes, that's Mel Gibson's house. <laughs> and I said, yeah. He goes, everybody hates that he built it on this private beach. The Costa Rican government made him. He, you have to, he has to allow Costa Rican citizens on that beach. Like, he can't just block people off. So, But it's almost impossible to get to, except if you're in an aerocopter. <laughs> oh, shit. So, Bjorg. Uh, uh, flying out of Samara, uh, we we are ending our thing, and he cuts the engine over Mel Gibson's mansion, and we drift down into his backyard, touch the grass, roll across. <laughs> then he just guns it, flips off the house, and takes off out over the ocean. Oh my god, that's amazing! Technically, I've been I've hung out at Mel Gibson's Costa Rican beach house before with my buddy. There you Ford. go. It was incredible. <laughs> Is that's Megan amazing. still down there, Kurt? Is Megan Kennedy still down there? Yes, she is. All right. She's a big manager of like a big hotel chain down there. Um, well, I highly recommend it. Morgan, you ever taken a helicopter ride anywhere? You ever done a tour around the city? You ever been to Costa Rica? You ever? Been I've to never Mel been Gibson's to Costa house? Rica. I've never been to Mel Gibson's house, but I was in New Zealand and I took a helicopter ride through the fjords and it was Whoa. amazing. And then, so, you know, it was... And then I also took a small like prop plane on one of the tours. And I, I also travel alone a lot if I'm doing, you know, if I'm touring sure. with an artist or something. And I, I usually extend my trip and try to see all that I can see. And uh, of course, you know, if I'm alone and, you know, then the p- pilot will be like, you, you fly it and teach me things. And so I got to fly the p- prop plane and he wow. taught me how to wow. be in the helicopter and all that. Yeah, it was amazing. And then I, when I was flying over the fjords, helicopters and prop planes scare me. But then I thought, like, if I die, like, I'm in, a, like, a beautiful fjord. What a way to go. What a way to go, you know? Yeah, you'll be instantly incinerated, and then your ashes will instantly be blown into a beautiful place. A beautiful place. Yeah, exactly. Sounds kind Perfect. of nice now that you say it like that. Yeah, yeah. right? Yeah. Kurt, have you done helicopter stuff? I, yeah, I think I I took like Lauren for like her first, the first time her birthday when we were together, I got her a helicopter ride around Manhattan. Look at you go, you dog. Don't 
romantical. She was very excited about it. Yeah, that was. And that was what led me to think that it was okay to propose to her on a hot air balloon. (laughs) And it wasn't because she just shit her pants for an hour. Hot hot air balloons sound scary. Yeah, it's a wicker basket and fire and yeah. Yeah, doesn't make sense. But we doesn't make sense. But yeah, yeah, we love them. Rated one of the top ten places to be up in the air by Up High Magazine. (laughs) Oh my god! You had me. You had me. You had me through top ten. Number Uh, ten, but still. Ooh, here's a transition for you. We love a good bananas transition. Uh, this one was sent in by Lover Rocks seven eight eight seven. How was that available? I don't know. Um, well, I'm going to ask you both a little trivia before we get into it. What do you think was the number one delivered item by Uber Eats in 2021? The number one. Oh, so it has to be food, right? Uh, it's food. Yes, it's food. I want to say Shake Shack. That's my guess. You can go specific food, I would say, not company. Oh, oh, not company. It's just a specific food. I would say pizza. I would say hamburger. This is from mashed.com. This was written by the best in the business, Taylor Wang. Thank you, Taylor. Um, The massive amount of bananas Uber Eats sold in 2021. So this article came out in September, so they write about it. In 2021, people were going bananas for bananas. According to the third annual Uber Eats Cravings Report, which reveals the most popular, most unusual, and some of the wackiest delivery requests of the year, the company has shared um, that Americans bought 25,150 pounds of bananas in the month of September alone. 25,000 pounds of bananas Uber Eats in September alone. Aside from being the top seller uh, on the app, bananas were also the number one selling fruit in the country this year, beating other grocery store staples as peanut butter and coffee. So I don't know how that ties into it, but it said it's the number one selling fruit in general, and it beat out peanut butter and coffee, uh, which isn't as crazy. This is a, so insane. What? Like, it's, I have a theory. Okay. Okay. Morgan, yes, in. please. Like a theory. Well, because I kept kept seeing fans post that when they would get their orders from Uber Eats or Instacart, that they would say, "I want six bananas," and they would get six bunches. And the per and they all these funny pictures of what am I going to do with six bunches? So they would everyone everyone I know was getting six, seven, eight, nine, ten bunches with their grocery delivery. That's right. I saw that too. You know right? what I mean? Instead of six individual yes. banana, what are they called, Kurt? Bunches? Fingers. Oh, fingers. Fingers. Uh, banana right? fingers. Tree dicks? <laughs> like, it, it's like a, what is it, a Constance of bananas? No, it's a bunch. Um, and so then everyone was like, oh, what do I do? And that's why everybody, every white person was making banana bread. That's right. And that's a big part of it. Considering the popularity of mouthwatering banana recipes, including banana pudding, banana bread, and cakes, it's no wonder why people still cra- crave this childhood favorite fruit. According to the Mayo Clinic, I'm going to ask you guys again. The average American eats how many bananas in a year? The average American. Well, I eat about 360. Okay, so you're setting the you're setting the average very far in one direction. I'm going to say 100 and 100, 120, 90, which is still oh. a lot. I was close with Whoa, you were close, yeah. And I still went over. We get a bum, lot of bum, DMs bum. to uh, the Bananas podcast on Instagram. Uh, Morgan, we get a ton of DMs of people are like, love your podcast, hate bananas. Bananas are disgusting. They're mushy. Well, yes, they're not. Get, they're amazing. 
pretty good. There's um, so, I eat one every day, at least. It's crazy. Oh, and also they're virtual, uh, a versatile ingredient in smoothies, which also people think is part of it. So pandemic's effect, the Great Quarters effect on banana sales was substantial. Also in Canada, um, they're 19 cents at Trader Joe's. They think that's also part of the reason these things sell so so big. It's a lot of food for very cheap. But yeah. then, um, and there was also trends such as a TikTok salmon rice bowl with magical bananas or something. I don't understand that. So <laughs> I looked into this more because I was like, is this possibly true? Yeah. yeah. On Eat This, Not That, which is a website, um, this was... Uh, by May, Walmart had reported an uh, overall sales spike of 10% just in general. But their number one selling item at Walmart is bananas. Walmart's really? number one selling item, more than toilet paper, masks, or hand soap, last year was bananas. I, See, I, it, <laughs> I somewhat understand only because, I and I don't know if Walmart does this, but when you walk into Target, the first thing that's there in the do- front of the door is a rack of bananas Yes, that yeah. you can just take singly. And it's for kids, it's perfect. Like you roll in, you're like, banana, give them a banana, they're eating a banana yes. while you shop. Yep. yep. Uh, so I can understand that. If Walmart is doing that, I understand. But I don't understand. This is crazy. I know. Uh, their CEO, Doug McMillian, I mean, Doug McMillian. Give me a break. M C M I L L I O N. McMillian. Well, it doesn't have that second I, but we're going to go with it. It could be McMillian, but it were McMillian. McMillian. But we're going McMillian. Yeah. Uh, revealed to Bloomberg in a recent interview that the single most popular item is America's favorite vitamin packed fruit. He says, "Quote: We sell billions of bananas." Um, and that they have banana ripening rooms in Walmart's environmentally controlled distribution centers, which are designed to keep bananas at ideal ripeness for consumers before they hit the shelves because it smells really good when you have bananas ripening in the room. Wow. Isn't that crazy? That's crazy. I would never. Wow. I would never have guessed that. I would have guessed McDonald's for Uber Eats. I would have been like a McDonald's cheeseburger or whatever. Nuggets or Wendy's spicy chicken sandwich. Boy, y'all are crazy for bananas. Yeah, we're getting a lot of cramps. America, not cramping. (laughs) (laughs) I think the the last time I threw up from, did I talk about this? The last time I threw up from drinking was um, people, I was at a fancy dinner at my friend Ryan's house and she's a chef and we all made dinner and we're all drinking cocktails and then at some point it switched to wine and it kept going. But the last thing she made was bananas flambés in her Brooklyn apartment. And so we uh-huh. were eating all these fired up bananas. And then the next morning I woke up and threw up. And it was just oh. bananas. And it was delightful. <gasps> and I highly recommend it. So great oh, late yeah. night snack. That probably is the best <laughs> thing to throw up. It is. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Comes up easy. Yeah. Smooth. Do you want to hear another story, guys? I love it. Sure. Here it is. This 25-year-old puddle has its own Instagram account. Oh, my God. Yes. Okay. Uh, This is another copy haste one. Copy haste two in one episode. Uh, This was published in, I don't know. Oh, Oddity Central, looks like, I think. No, I have no idea. All the the time. 
I don't know what this is. Oh, Design You Trust. I don't know if that's a trustable website, but I've seen <laughs> photographs of the, of the puddle. Here it is. Uh, this was written by no one. A giant puddle in <laughs> Russia's far east city of Yuzhnoskashkalinska is being described as invincible after it somehow survived unfixed for over a quarter of a century. Incredible. It now has its own Instagram page and over 16,000 followers. As it often happens in Russia and other Eastern European countries, what started out as a small pothole gradually grew to become a giant puddle. Mm-hmm. It attained that rank in 1994, and locals have been trying to get local authorities to fix it ever since. No so way. far, it has proven a futile endeavor as scheduled repairs have been postponed repeatedly. In the meantime, a frustrated local known only as Nikolai decided that the 25-year-old pothole was old enough to have its own Instagram page and created one for it in September. The witty, sarcastic posts created in first person quickly went viral and got the local government to act, quote, Hi, everyone. I'm the puddle near (laughs) Tikhukuyaskaya Street. (laughs) Yuzhno Skakalinsky. I've just turned 25. It's time to conquer Instagram like a grown-up. Uh, the insta- the puddle's first Instagram post read, it was a good start, but only the first in a series of hilarious Amazing. posts that would take the social network and local authorities by storm. There are so many things that the puddle is doing. Uh, there's women paddle boarding in the puddle. The Funny. puddle is very big. This is a Wait, street that just has a... is this? Uh, the puddle is probably about 100 feet long and like Fun. 25 feet wide. It's the... It's the pothole has now taken over the entire street, but cars are like still parked in it and stuff like that. And they kept trying to uh, fix it and it just keeps coming back. And then when it <laughs> rains, it's essentially flooded, completely Nature flooded. Nature finds a way. Okay. Nature finds a way. How big do you have to get to no longer be called a puddle? Like it seems like it would graduate into a more substantial natural mm-hmm. place for I, water. I, I feel like if as long as it's in a street, it's a puddle. <laughs> I think that's the definition of a puddle. Wow. If it's if it's part of the street, and that is what it is. It goes street, puddle, street again. Afterwards. How fun. Yeah. So fun. I don't want them to fix it now. No. Let it live. Let the puddle live. Exactly. I mean, people still live there, so it's not like people are just like hightailing it out of there to be like, ah, I can't take this puddle anymore. Like... Now it's now it's a place like I want to go see this puddle. This clearly like they can survive with this puddle. Yeah, it's a part of their community. <laughs> really, a little sailboat in it. That sounds fun to me. Exactly. Yeah. There was a, a pond behind, or I guess it was like a pond to a lake behind our house in college that we swam in for three summers. And then my friend said, uh, "How deep do you think this is?" And I was like, "Probably like twenty five feet or thirty feet." We were out in the middle, just <laughs> treading water. He's like, "Really." <laughs> I was like, yeah, I mean, we're in the middle of a lake. It's got to be deep. And he just held his breath and dove down and then came right back up. And then he just stood up. It was uh, five feet deep. So for years, we assumed, I mean, we were diving in this thing. It was crazy. And then my buddy John just stood up and his full head was out of the water. And then we all just put our feet down and we were like, oh, we didn't need to tread water at all. It was amazing. We had a pond growing up in my backyard that my dad made, you know, in, in California. And and he would just go to the feed store every few days and just get more animals for it, and crawdads and turtles. And he's like, do you have anything that nobody wants? Like a busted, <laughs> you know, like something. And he would just bring animals. And that's how we ended up having a goose in like suburbia. He just had Frank the goose for a while. And 
and he would just go to the feed store and come home like you know with his hands clutched with oh. a new a new animal you know crawdads and all this stuff and we had a pool on the other side of the house like all Californians have a pool and 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 one of the turtles like did just did not want to live in the pond and kept trying to commit suicide and go to the to the pool and <laughs> every day we'd have, we'd go and he'd be out there and he he did not want to live in the pond yeah so we, we were trying to keep all the ecosystems running you know at, but yeah, the pond, the pond is great. He always, that was like my dad's little hobby was keeping a great pond, you know? I think they're cool. I like that. They're great. My grandparents had a koi pond in a, um, in a greenhouse that was attached to their house and I fell in it twice. So I was never allowed in that room again because when I was a little kid, I just guess I was mesmerized by these fish and would go head first into it. But I've always wanted to build something. I've always wanted a tree in my house, like a tree to go right through the entire house. Yes. And some type of like, pond uh fish pond in the house but you know i'll probably get legionnaires disease or something (laughs) (laughs) i remember wanting to go have a rope swing uh for my entire childhood like to find a rope swing somewhere in the woods and um and one day i was like riding my bike and right off the road like just right off the road i Mm. found on kind of a kind of steep embankment someone had put up a rope swing and it was into a very very small amount of water that was kind of you could would call it a crick kind of um or we would call it a creek Mm. yeah exactly is a a crick a small creek yeah a crick is like a smaller creek a creek is kind of like a bigger thing a crick is just like a little where are you from? Where are you from, I'm Kurt? From, I'm from New Jersey, but I oh. I pick up words from kind of all over. <laughs> this is true. All right. Um, and so <laughs> we would swing into it. It was about three feet deep. <laughs> so you would have to like land and like scrunch up so you didn't like hurt yourself on the bottom. Oh god. And it was like a pretty deep it was a pretty like steep drop, you know, because you're on the side of a hill. Oh. And god. um and I went back. Uh, like years later, I think when I was in college, and I went back and I realized what we had been doing. <laughs> oh no! What it is is it's right next to this uh, army base called Ecom Evans, uh-huh. and it was the runoff from Ecom Evans oh. that literally just came out of a metal tube in the side of the hill oh. and then splashed down here, oh. and that is what we had been swimming in. My oh. whole childhood was oh. jumping into just the the spill of whatever has come off of Ecom Evans. Oh. Gray water. Army backwash. Yeah, oh. army backwash. Nobody oh, cleaner. God. Oh. <laughs> well. But I did find an eel swimming in there, so life can live. Yeah, you're life very tall. Live. You still have a head of hair. I don't see what's mm-hmm. going wrong here. Yeah, there you go. You got it going on. All right, Give want... us one last to send us home, okay, Scotty. Okay, this is a fun one. New study names 10 smelliest states in the USA. Oh, interesting. This was on thehill.com, written by... When it comes to smelly states, you're not going to get any better than Christian Spencer. Mm. The smelliest state in the United States... Goes to oh wow! Can we take guesses? Of course you may. Does it mean the people or the state itself? Like when you drive into it, it smells bad. It means that's a great thing. Uh, it's a recent nationwide study that rates the states from freshest air to smelliest air. So I guess it means smelliest air. I guess it means air quality, the scent okay. of the actual air of the state. I'm the gonna have to say, and only because of Newark, that it may be New, New Jersey, Jersey. Yeah. 
I was 100% going to say New Jersey. Yep. It breaks my heart to tell you that the smelliest state in the United States goes to Maryland. Oh, what? no. What? Oh, for the Eastern Shore. It's because of Purdue. Ugh, a state best known for its fishing production, especially when it comes to crabs. In oh. a recent nationwide study. Uh, number one on the countdown was Maryland, taking into consideration air quality, the trash or, or percentages of landfills in each state, population density. Here's a good one. Dental health to determine each state's bad breath. Barf! Wow! Maryland outweighs. It should say like outsmells or outstinks its competition. Yeah. yeah. Uh, here are the other remaining states to round yeah, out the top me. ten in order. So number okay. one's Maryland. Number two, California. What? Florida, Delaware, Massachusetts. Florida, I get. Yeah, yeah. You get that bay mud in in Florida here. Uh, Massachusetts, Alabama, New Jersey, New York, Pennsylvania, and Mississippi. Uh, oh, wow. Mississippi for sure. The, I'm happy that I'm happy that New Jersey's not in the top five. That gives me state pride. That's right. Uh, Maryland being the stinkiest state came to a surprise to some, but one radio DJ thinks he knows why Maryland stinks so bad. He says it's all the crabs. <laughs> we get it. Uh, according <laughs> to the study, the two. I'm least... happy they quoted him. <laughs> yeah, for one hundred six point seven, the fan, uh, and then the least, the freshest smelling were North and South Dakota are the two least smelly states. But nobody lives there. No it's one empty. goes there. It's empty. No one goes there. It's kind of nothing's cool. happening that would ever make it smell. Just the bison. Yeah. I don't know. I went to Wall Drug and I I saw some. I was glad I was double masked that day. We'll put it that way. <laughs> <laughs> I was double masked. Oh, golly. Well, Morgan, let's plug yep. some stuff. Let's talk about your tour. All right. We'll All right. Buy your album. You can buy my album. Well, you can stream or download it wherever music is found. It's called A Very Magnetic Christmas. I also have lots and lots of other albums if you aren't into Christmas. And you can buy physical LPs and my calendar or my CD on my website, morganjamesonline.com. Beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you so much for thank, being here. Oh, thanks for having me. This was a blast. And I, I want to see I, I'll see you guys in Brooklyn. Perfect. Right, perfect. That'd be so fun. Um, Curdy B? <laughs> Bananas.
This has been an Exactly Right production. Produced and engineered by Katie Levine. Theme music by Kahan. And all of our artwork is done by Travis Millard. You can follow us on Instagram at The Bananas Podcast, where we post stories every day and things that we don't cover on the podcast. Listen, subscribe, and please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcast. And if you're interested in advertising on Bananas, please email us at thebananaspodcast at gmail.com. That's thebananaspodcast at gmail.com.